Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. There is a story for everyone here, because every story matters. Welcome everyone to the Storybooks. This is the place to be if you are a lover of stories, learning new and interesting things, and if you want to grow abundantly. My name is Jay Phantom, and I believe it's my purpose to help you realize your worth and become the greatest and best version of you possible. I am grateful that you're here today. Now let's journey into the Storybooks together and hear more about whose story will be unboxed today. Imagine for a moment that you've been born without any arms or legs. The doctors ask your parents, do you want to keep you, essentially? And imagine going through life and being told that you don't have any limitations whatsoever despite the physical ailments you have been born with. Well, my friends, I am so excited to bring to you someone who I have admired and highly respected for many, many years, Nick Vujicic. Now, for those of you that don't know who he is, you're in for a very special conversation. Now, I first heard of Nick way back in 2008. Now, it was a long, long time ago. My mum and I were sitting down on the couch and happened to stumble across uh, this uh, 60-minute report, which had to do with Nick's story. We felt so encouraged and so inspired by it. And if you would have had told me way back in 2008 that I would be able to speak with Nick today, I would have just said, no, that's not even possible because Nick is incredibly well-known all over the world. He's an Australian uh, American born without arms or legs who became a renowned speaker, a New York Times bestselling author, coach, and entrepreneur who's helped millions around the world. I'm not kidding. Millions. This guy has spoken to hundreds of thousands of people at one time. Nick faced tremendous obstacles in life from living life without any limbs to being bullied at school and fearful for his future with no purpose in sight. Without hope, his feelings of helplessness and isolation led him to attempt suicide. Nick persevered though life's challenges and discovered key principles which enabled him to find his purpose and turn obstacles into opportunities, making him one of the most sought-after keynote speakers in the world. Millions of people have found hope, purpose, and the strength to overcome their challenges through Nick's inspirational speeches and powerful coaching. Nick is an anti-bullying advocate who travels the globe speaking to millions of students in partnership with education departments of several governments as well. Nick has created an innovative social emotional learning, SEL, curriculum called Attitude is Altitude, 
wherein he teaches students to make positive changes in their lives and their communities as well. He is the founder and CEO of the non-for-profit ministry, Life Without Limbs. He's been featured on BBC, 60 Minutes Australia a number of times, uh, CBS Sunday, Oprah's Life Class, and many, many others. But you'd probably hear him say that one of his greatest achievements in his life is that he is a husband to his beautiful wife, I'm probably going to butcher the name here, but can I, can I, uh, and he's a father of four children, amazingly. So Nick's passion is to inspire and equip the world to know that we all can rise above adversity and overcome every disability of the heart and mind. So my friends, I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that you're going to love this conversation. Nick and I actually connected twice. So the first conversation, sadly, the audio wasn't the best, but Nick was so gracious enough to give me another opportunity uh, to connect and speak, which was just absolutely astounding. So what I'm going to do is I've managed to salvage uh, part of the first conversation that we had because Nick shares some things in that conversation that I feel like is going to help so many of you uh, that are going through many difficult challenges in your life. So I will have that at the end of this conversation. So don't go away. Keep on listening right to the end because I guarantee you everything that he says in the end or during throughout the whole conversation really, is inspiring and it's going to help so many of you. So you guys know what to do. Share it around. All links are in the show notes below too. Uh, greatly appreciate each and every one of you that do that for me and, and help uh, build the Storybox community as well as saying thank you to Nick and for his time and, and his light and energy and everything that he's doing out there in the world. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review over on our podcast if you do get something from this episode as well. All right, my friends, you know what time it is. It is time to journey with me into the story box with absolutely no limitations around us and learn, listen, and grow from the incredible wisdom, the advice, and the amazing story of none other than a world-renowned speaker, New York Times bestselling author, my new friend as well, Nick Vujicic. Thanks for having me on the Storybox podcast and uh, hello, Australia. Hello. We're saying hello back to you, man, because you are Australian, <laughs> which know, is always good. I know. So, but I get a, I got a lot of accusations that, you know, after being here in America for 17 years, uh, my Aussie accent has disappeared. Uh, and the Americans think I'm definitely not American. And then you also say, well, you're kind of watered down, but we still love you. So thank you for still loving me. Um, and man, yeah, 60 minutes. My goodness, Peter Overton's a legend. And thank you, Channel 9, for all your support along the years. And also Channel 7 when I was a little kid back in Melbourne uh, when I hit national news back then. So Australia, haven't forgotten about you. Um, definitely want to bring my wife and four children there and tour our beautiful country. I still hold my citizenship naturally, um, but we uh, we can't wait to come back. And uh, once all this kind of uh, moves forward and through, we'd love to do some speeches in the years coming ahead back in Australia. We miss you, man. And I can't wait to actually meet you in person and give you a hug. I mean, that that for me would be an absolute honor. <laughs> so please, when COVID does end, come back and then we'll, we'll embrace you with, with open arms. Tell me, Nick, how much do you miss Aussie food? 
You know, I'm okay without it. I have to say I'm okay without it. Um, we, you know, we, um, we're European uh, in blood and in culture. Mm. So we had the more European uh, order of food, if you will. Um, but I mean, I, I miss the meat pies. I miss the fish and chips. Um, gosh, Tim Tams, the real ones. Yep. <laughs> the ones out here. Uh, yeah, there is some of those things. And, um, you know, I call Nando's oh. many times. I'm like, move out to America. And I think they got two of them, but they're so far away. Um, so anyway, I uh, definitely, I don't know if you know this, but every time I come back to Australia, I actually eat Nando's daily um, mm -hmm. while I'm there, at least one meal. I'm just, yeah, I'm a Nando's addict, okay? Are you a huge fan of peanut butter as well? I'm not. You're not? Ah, oh, I was going to suggest. Nor, nor Vegemite, nor Vegemite. Good. Okay. I respect you for not liking Vegemite <laughs> at all. Uh, I think it's like this unpatriotic, un-Australian thing not to like Vegemite for some reason. Um, I get a lot of flack for that. But I was going to suggest that when you do come here, there's a new place. Oh, it's a couple of years old now, but it's one of my all-time favorite places. It's called Peanut Butter Bar. But since you don't like peanut butter, I mean, nah. <laughs> but, peanut um, butter bar. Say that ten times. Interesting. It, okay. Peanut butter bar. Oh. Peanut butter bar. <laughs> it's uh, it's quite a tongue tongue twister every now it and is. then. But um, anyway, Nick, it's it's great to have you back on the show. I mean, we did an interview a couple of months ago. The time has literally flown. I uh, appreciate you actually making the time to be back here. Um, the first question, which I did ask you before that I want to ask you now, because it's kind of like my, my standard question. I love hearing, who knows the response might've changed in the, the last couple of months, but we'll see. But what does success look like for you? Well, the answer hasn't changed. So it's you reaching your full potential, understanding that um, when you have something set in your mind to achieve, um, and it's God given, um, and, and you, you feel the fire in your belly to go for it. Uh, you know, my parents always said, do your best and God will do the rest, uh, in that. And that's separate to, you know, working toward heaven. You can't work your way toward heaven. Um, uh, but, but experiencing heaven now in a, in a way of peace mm -hmm. and love, um, and, and, and doing what you know you're supposed to be doing. Mm. Uh, it doesn't have to look like anybody else's success. Um, and I think um, we subconsciously do compare our success to other people's success from what we think is success, but then also feeling um, this competition that's unhealthy, that uh, you know, based on what you think people are thinking about you and your success, and, you know, you're trying to, you know, raise the bar when you don't really have to. Um, nothing wrong with, um, you know, not having a full-time job and you're a full-time mom. There's nothing wrong with that or a dad. Um, you know, whatever that success looks for you, it's what's most important to you that you're actually making sure you're achieving. Mm. Where do you think this competition aspect comes from? I think it's more or less like we are looking at another person's life. We are quote judging them for the way they live almost we're kind of comparing ourselves to to them does it come from culture is it something more to it than that 
You know, number one would be human nature. I think that's our biggest fault that we're actually human. Uh, and we <laughs> with that human nature. And uh, in that, we just, it's there. You know, greed is there. Pride is there. Jealousy is there. Negativity is there. Um, uh, lust is there. Um, and so when you look at all these things uh, and then couple that with the foundation of uh, your family upbringing, culture, belief system, cultural belief system as well. Um, you know, it, it, it unfortunately even speaks true to today um, where, you know, one of my first cousins, she was born in the Philippines. She looks Filipino and they are asked, she's asked by Aussies, uh, you know, from all walks of life, where are you from? Mm. Well, born in Australia. Yeah, but where are you from? Where are your parents from? What's your national? I'm Australian. Well, I'm Filipino. Are oh, you Filipino? And she shared with me in November 2019 when I saw her first hand face to face. She said, yeah, it's, it's actually um, something I'm still dealing with as a woman, as a wife to my husband, and as the mother of my two children, when I'm now living in a country that I still feel don't, I still don't feel a hundred percent Australian, not because I know that I'm not as I know I'm Australian, your nationality is your nationality, where your parents are from was where your parents are from, but identifying yourself as Australian and not worrying about what other people think of you. I think that's a, that's something within that too, feeling judged. Um, and 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 judging others, you know, out of the human nature, unfortunately. Mm. Seems like the the word identity came up there a few times. So, I sort of want to steer it towards you, Nick, and and you finding your identity or your place, because you are from, I guess you could say, two two different worlds. You you were originally from Australia. Now you live in in the US. But more than that, what do you see now as your identity? Where is that? rooted in look i mean my parents are serbian i speak serbia a serbian i've been to serbia many times i love the country i'm very patriotic for that country i also though have croatian friends um and and born and raised in australia now living in america moved from california to texas um this uh last 12 months and um and married to a japanese mexican woman uh, called Kanae, we call that Japsican. And my children have a, you know, a melting pot of all these nationalities and backgrounds and uh, influences. And so uh, I'm me, mm. you know, and, and uh, I think the belief system is the core of our being, of where the epicenter of epicenters are. Mm. Uh, and the, the influencers, including your faith, family, friends, uh, that then depict on your beliefs on finance, yeah. uh, that then influence your priorities and, and um, adhering to concerns, if you will, of fitness mm. based on the cultures and the people speaking in your life and your own goals and what your personal beliefs are of what priorities are and then what fun is to you. Mm. And so, you know, fitness, finance, fun. Uh, that's the other three layers of, of life that, you know, that makes me who I am. Mm. Um, and so I, I guess what I'm trying to, to, to say is um, 
I identify as myself and I never try to oppress anybody else. I never try to um, stop anybody else from doing whatever they want to do. Mm. Um, and, you know, understanding that we're all uniquely made and we're all different. We all have a different background. We all have different beliefs and all these kinds of things. Um, but to love everyone um, and not to put anyone down, uh, but also to make sure that no one else elevates themselves up higher above anybody else. Yeah. Which really has happened in, you know, if you look at the revolutions that have happened in the society of the world, um, you know, on a disability level, right? Um, you know, it, it was the 1980s, 1980s here in America, at least, where, uh, or 19 late 70s, where the Disability Act was brought to, uh, you know, national government levels. And in 1989, I was able to, in Victoria, be the first special needs child to be integrated and not segregated into the school system. Mm -hmm. um, and so such as such minorities, if you will, then now you hear of all these other minorities who have a lot of money, a lot of voice, a lot of spotlight. And I think what's really something that we've got to be cognizant of that's really important is not to um, allow someone to have so much spotlight compared to everyone else. Because when a minority has the biggest spotlight, then what about the other minorities? It's kind of unfair. And so how do we as a society respect everyone, honor everyone, uplift everyone, make sure that no one's elevating themselves as a dictator, uh, you know, coming back down? Uh, it, it's an interesting world that we live in. And when you live in such an interesting world, you need to know the truth of who you are, your value, your purpose, uh, and your full potential. And based on those um, six F factors of life, uh, full factors, I, uh, I like to call it, uh, you don't have a full life until you're looking at all those six gauges on your dashboard. Mm. So I'm curious about whether or not it is actually possible to live harmoniously without the bad in our society without people kind of clashing with ideas, with belief systems, with all that stuff that seems to be creating a lot more tension rather than healing. Um, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head a little bit, but I'm curious, like, how can someone that is struggling, and I think we touched on this in our, in our last conversation, but how can someone really, cause find finding purpose is not an easy thing to do. Um, or is it? That's a separate question than compared to what you just said in the preface of it. Um, yes. So in Australia, you call it preface, right? Still preface, I call it preface American, right? Um, so I'll answer both of those questions if I can, as best as I can. So uh, <laughs> can we live harmoni harmoniously mm. to a point? only to a point mm. because there are certain belief systems and I'm going to make sure that your podcast doesn't get in trouble here because <laughs> I know you're being watched. Um, and there are things that I can't even say publicly mm. um, because of the hypersensitive atmosphere we have in the world right now globally. And so um, without getting you in trouble, I don't mind if I get in trouble, but without getting you in trouble, um, the way that I can say it is 
um, in some aspects, there will be things done out of other people's convictions of their beliefs and values. Yeah. And it's not that I'm stopping them to believe it, but it's them imposing it on me. Yeah. To the point that it's in my face everywhere on every billboard. Yeah. Um, and I'm not just talking about this or that. I'm talking about the entire world right now. Uh, we moved out of California um, because of some things that we saw coming down in 2019 mm. that we didn't agree with um, already in 2019. And we saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. And if you just jump in a plane from California to Texas, um, I can tell you as a U.S. citizen who's been here for 17 years, no one's getting the real news outside of America. And the only people who's getting the real news are the people who change the channel to the actual real news compared to the other things. And so, um, I, oh, again, I don't want to get you in trouble, but it's really sensitive, wherein, unfortunately, there are uh, there is a time now where we have to kind of choose. Yeah. We, we're this way or we're that way. You either agree with that or you don't agree with that. And if you agree with that, then you have to agree with all the way. And, and you have to um, put your children through that course at school yeah. that is contrary to your belief system. Um, and so in all of that, can you live harmonious, harmoniously? Uh, where we're at, I actually see one of the greatest divisions in the world. Mm. I, I've never oh. seen just like former Yugoslavia uh, not that that was the reason for it. That was induced by yeah. other matters. Um, but seeing America, I'm looking you right now in the eye and telling you um, that as Americans who are conservative yeah. uh, in our belief system, there are more people talking about a, a very big dividing wall between our country and many believe that we can't reverse what's happened. Yeah. And so being as loving as you can, um, doing what you can and now segueing it into purpose. Can we all find a purpose? Well, if some people's belief system is that your purpose is to exist and coexist to experience live and die whether you come back reincarnated or not, and that's it, you're done, mm. that's that. Being good for the sake of doing good, for the sake of you knowing that you did good, for you to put your hand on your back and say, I did good. Yeah. Um, or there is an eternal arc of what happens to your soul afterward and knowing that everything I do here can affect someone else's eternity. No matter what it is, I think there, let me answer it this way, right in the middle, where I think that people can be given a sense of purpose um, by giving back, yeah, uh, helping someone else in need. And in fact, it's one of the greatest things about what we leave behind as human beings, our legacy, mm -hmm. who you are, how you loved, how quickly you forgave, how you were patient, how you were kind, how you were thoughtful how you were generous, how you, you know, all these things, that's your character, that's your traits. It's, it's how many people cry when you're dead. 
mm-hmm. uh, you know, and missing you. Um, and so leaving that legacy, obviously, children, them seeing me doing my best to be loving, kind, honoring, respectful, um, obedient to my wife, um, you know, uh, doing what I can philanthropically to make the world a better place, uh, being my kids' best friends as well, right? So it's, um, it's, it's all of that combined. Yes, I do believe you can find a sense of purpose. Mm. I appreciate you sharing all the things you just shared, especially with living harmoniously. Uh, and I don't really mind you just being completely honest, transparent here. And I don't, I don't care if I get in trouble either because we should be having these kinds of conversations. And I mean, you've, you've faced a ton of backlash for what you believe in, I believe, uh, in, in the past. So you're able to share what has actually happened to you? Yeah, uh, a bank kicked me out uh, with, with no explanation and no desire to tell me why. I wasn't flagged on a federal list uh, because I was able to open up another bank account. Mm. Um, there's been some fake um, article uh, published about me um, that um, framed me falsely of being um, anti-LGBTQ. Uh, I don't even know where to begin with that. Um, I love everyone, if that's the question. Yeah. Um, and and if someone asks me my belief system and what I'm doing in my own home and what I'm teaching my children, um, you know, according to us and what we believe, uh, I'm not anti anything, if you will. You know, like I, I, just like I said, you know, you might be different than me. I love you. I respect you uh, as a person. Yeah. Uh, but let's agree to disagree on some levels um, and be okay with that. Be okay that I may not be able to see a hundred things uh, <laughs> the way you do, you know, let alone someone down my street who has my same religion um everything there's hundred things that we will disagree on we all have disagreements on it never would oppress never would take away never would whatever um and so you know you know it i know how it feels to 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 hear that um that the fbi is at my house because i have a grenade with a pin in it um a spying drone um lawsuit threat um, when you go through, um, such fire, um, you quickly get sharp in understanding that you need to be careful with every word you say, with every action you make, uh, with 14 million social media fans. Um, you know, I have been pretty careful, um, I though also am not a people pleaser and I'm also not afraid to say it how it is. Mm. I'm just careful because I know people who also have been canceled in the cancel culture and been silenced. And we're in this process right now, in fact, um, of starting our, um, you don't know this. Um, I can now publicly talk about this. I couldn't, when I talked to you last, 
Uh, we are starting pro-life bank. Wow. Um, so um, what we found out was that, for instance, here's a perfect example, okay? Um, we found out that there are many banks who take our money, make money on the money, and then give away to social responsible causes, okay? That under philanthropy. Yep. They give to providers to abortion clinics in America. I personally don't agree with abortion. Mm. Um, I don't want to get into that here or which cases do I agree or not agree. Simply put, there are um, mm, companies that we have to work with that may be supporting things that you don't agree with yeah. and they're in an alternative prolifebank.com was formed. You can go to prolifebank.com um, and uh, sign up uh, just for announcements, just for fun. Um, it's The doors are going to open in 18 months. It'll be a national bank. It'll be a digital bank. I'm a co-founder of it. Um, and not only will it be a for-profit bank, but it'll be a for-giving bank. We're giving away half of our profits to Judeo-Christian aligned nonprofit organizations. And what's interesting that I want to share with you to actually help your listeners also understand, you know, um, my cousins in Melbourne couldn't believe that we don't have a border, you know, and, and we're, we're proud as Aussies to understand, look, it's not that we don't want to help immigrants coming in, um, but you can't come illegally. Mm. And we've known that in our culture. And I think one of the greatest things that Australia has ever done is that. Yeah. Um, as a national security and whatever's happened the last 12 months, I don't want to be political. I don't want to talk about the other things that I found out about Australia. But I'm just going to say <laughs> um, Australia did a better job than America. Mm. And us Christians don't talk about the wall mm. because the wall is a political thing. It's a Trump thing. It's not a Trump thing. I've been to the wall. I've seen it. Um, there are some parts of the wall that was not built by the previous administration. And I'm not, I won't tell you which administration, but I literally, I'm three foot, one meter long. I can stretch out my legs in between the posts of the wall. Uh, it literally, it's a joke. Yeah. Governor's saying it's a state of an emergency. Nothing has happened on federal. Mm. I went to the border since seeing you, and I wanted to see it for myself. And you see uh, 30,000 unaccompanied minors, yeah. unaccompanied minors coming across to America, a portion of them saying goodbye to their mother who brought them from Honduras, Guatemala, El Salvador, and 141 other countries, including terrorist countries, mm. saying goodbye to their mother at the border who needs to now prostitute herself as a human trafficked woman to pay off the 14,000 US dollar debt to get them there and then say goodbye to their child and wish them all the best. 30,000 unaccompanied minors uh, in, in 19 weeks. The, 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 the wall is not a political thing. It's national security. 
And when you talk about pro-life, you can't talk about pro-life without talking about human trafficking. Human trafficking here has quadrupled in America, quadrupled, suicide doubled, depression doubled, all these things. Um, it's not about political things. It's about morality and heart issues and, and people being silent when they should be talking, saying something and helping. So I've come alongside of nonprofit organizations through Uncommon Giving. I'm the chief generosity officer to set up, you know, funds like the Border Relief Fund um, to help the Border Patrol police. People don't know this. Border Patrol, it costs 300,000 US dollars to train one Border Patrol person, higher than military, higher than Navy, higher than anyone else in national security. They're committing suicide. Like never before, because this is a disaster. Yeah. So where are we? Where do we stand? How do we help? Um, how do we bring the food bank? How do we support those nonprofit organizations who are preventing human trafficking? How are they rescuing human trafficking? So you can't talk about pro-life without human trafficking, without talking about the war, without talking about foster care and adoption. Yeah. So how do we understand that you need to really pull back that filter that you can't talk? Yeah. Because it's political. Yeah. And unfortunately, some courageous people may end up in jail. Yeah. Uh, as the guinea pigs. And uh, I, I, I worry for Australia. Mm. I can't say much, uh, but I worry for many countries under the UN. Uh, I brand it United Nothing. That's what <laughs> UN is because I know what they do. I yeah. know what they do. I've seen yeah. what they've done. Uh, firsthand. That's good. Um, and I have witnesses and it's disgusting. Yeah. And so how do we uh, be careful um, yet find our place to make the world a better place? Mm. I really do appreciate you sharing that because my heart is pro-life and I'm a huge advocate for that. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed or anything like that to share my views on it because you know, we could get into the nitty gritty of things, but a lot of the times people create the problem in the first place when there wasn't one to begin with. They over-politicize it and they make it, they make it harder for the ones that actually want to do the right thing to do the right thing. And I think that's completely wrong. And it's, it takes a lot of courage for someone like you, Nick, that does have an incredible audience, an incredible voice to share all of this. Doesn't matter what platform you're on and to go about creating your own bank, which I don't think is an easy thing to actually do in the first place. <laughs> that would probably come with its own set of challenges. But also, I just appreciate your heart for wanting to help people that are struggling. You know, like that's that's where my heart is. And I might not have the the audience that you have, but I'm inspired and I'm challenged as well by everything that you're doing in the world. So I just wanted to say that um, from my heart to your heart, like I, I acknowledge you. And um, if that means anything, you're one of my favorite people in Australia. I fell in love with who you are when I met you first. And it, it's, um, it's something that I think you're inspiring more people than you think. Um, and, um, you know, God bless you. 
Um, and, you know, and, and let me just make it clear, you know, if I, I, I'm not surprised that people who don't have the same belief system don't do what I think should be done. Yeah. And so my first tier of, if you will, stages and being vocal on it are these Christians in America mm. um, who are supposed to believe the way that I do. And if, and if they actually believe the Bible, and if they actually want to reduce abortion by 35%, all you have to do is tell the youth in your church to keep your pants on. They mm -hmm. haven't said that message for 15 years. So don't be surprised that people who don't think like you, believe like you, don't do as you do, but be positioning that to those who should be doing a little bit more vocal work. Mm. I think there's a lot of fear attached to it. And they're afraid what other people might think of them or say about them. And I think the world that we do live in at the moment with cancel culture, with social media, like I've noticed, it's interesting how I've even got friends of mine that have got over 900 plus thousand followers and they don't get access to that 900,000 plus followers. Why is that? So if they wanted to spread the message of say, Hey, keep it in your pants, young people, and actually teach the younger generation to actually behave themselves properly in the right way, especially Christians that should know better. But I mean, I was watching a video yesterday and it kind of ties into it. It's interesting how you've got the progressive and the conservative and how they both clash with each other on the beliefs. It's like, oh, they've taken the word of God and they've made it, they're trying to fit their views into the word of God, which is a very interesting point of view as well in of itself, but the Bible calls it's black, black and white. It's plain and simple. It tells us to love. doesn't say it's going to be easy to love, but there are people that have taken that and created problems <laughs> for, for us as Christians. And it's made it even harder for say, if you are conservative to live in a, a to, to share your message of, Jesus's love and say, for example, for a young Christian, once again, Hey, do the right thing. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard. And I wanted to ask you, Nick, because it is hard, how can we as Christians like conservative or, or whatever, go about living the best life that we possibly can for Christ in these, I guess you could call them end times. You know, I think that a lot of us belittle how um, powerful our testimony is. Mm. Our history is his story. We all have a testimony, a story about who we were BC. And then after we met Jesus, uh, you know, before Christ in my life, and then when I met him and who he is to me and, and uh, the strength that I rely on is no longer mine or my plan. It's his plan. Um, having faith, knowing that he is greater, greater than me, greater than anyone in the world, greater than all of us put together, uh, far beyond exceedingly more than we can ever ask him to attain are the things that he has in store for us. Not that he always makes sense to us, nor that is that, that he gives us everything we want when we want it, how we want it. That sounds like a spoiled brat um, and a genie, mm. um, but God has order and uh, he knows uh his son, Jesus, exactly when he's coming back. Um, and I, I want you to be optimistic as much as you can. 
And I think um, um, in that, it's your personal walk with God, prayer, fasting, black and white written, yeah. fasting. Couldn't care less how you pray, how long you pray, but have you fasted? When was the last time you fasted for a friend uh, without food? Um, you know, black and white, these basics are, are, are in there to memorize scripture. Um, you know, you're speaking to the guy whose mom was six years old in former Yugoslavia and the government came, knocked on their door and, and took over their farm and their food and their house. Um, you know, my parents were in refugee camps. My fathers were passive and my grandfathers were pacifists. They were both in jail for that. Um, you know, coming from former Yugoslavia, we're not, um, how would you say, allergic to the idea uh, or that, or let's put it this way. We know that no nation is immune from splitting. Mm. Um, and, and you know, look at the Jews yep. uh, in wherever they're at, whatever nation they're at around the world. They have their own stores. They have their own clique. They have their own finance. They have their own banks. You've got the Amish people. They have their own, Right. It, it's just unfortunate uh, kind of being prepared to be proactive. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking you in the eye and telling you in, in 25 weeks, mm -hmm. I will not be dependent on grocery stores. Mm -hmm. uh, we will have chickens. We will have our food. Uh, we will have our water. We will have our generator. We'll be totally off the grid. You can find me if you want. Um, I'm, I'm not. I can't disappear. No one can disappear um, unless you're a billionaire. But um, but we we will be self sufficient because I don't like what I'm seeing. Mm. Um, and um, so we, on one hand, you got the jet engine to be proactive, where the chips coming, where you without that chip you can't buy or sell. Mm -hmm. So we're going back to Amish days. So you can't buy or sell, but you have what you have, but then you got a barter. Yeah. And then this whole distraction about cryptocurrency, holy moly, what a distraction. I haven't touched it. I won't touch it. Um, I'm very scared about it. Um, where one day we'll wake up and it's zero. Mm -hmm. um, and then we find out, you know, the economic system here in America, it's not backed up by, by gold, the cash. Uh, it's really, really interesting where uh, America as one nation that I do know pretty well now um, is leading where it, it was not like this. It was not mm -hmm. like this. Um, and things have drastically changed in the last um, 10 years. Mm. I think NFTs, all those things, cryptocurrency, I haven't done a lot of research into it, but it is. it does look scary, especially with cryptocurrency. Like in one day, you could lose, it could go from $30,000 to $150,000 and then it could just drop like to zero, just like that, because it says so. I mean, like that's not sustainable at all. <laughs> like why would you put your money, your hard-earned money into that? So look, I don't want to discourage anybody from doing whatever you're doing on a financial thing, go to your financial advisor, blah, blah, blah. But look, yeah. You know, me as an accountant, financial planner, graduated as a double major in accounting and financial planning. I was in the stock market at age 16. I was an options trader at age 17. I was in real estate investing at age 19. And when you had the fundamental analysis of a stock, you're mm -hmm. not buying crypto, you're buying an index. Yep. Based on something that... <laughs> you're buying something that's tangible. Has, yeah. 
it doesn't even it doesn't even compute in my itty bitty committee of my brain and so i yeah it's interesting yeah that definitely man um i sort of want to steer this conversation to a few other questions if you don't mind nick i yeah, love do this love this part um i've only asked this question to one other person but i'm curious to hear your response when was the time in your life that you felt the most vulnerable uh when there was a car bomb threat wow um i've had many experiences our plane got uh struck by lightning um i was renewing my work visa uh and they said no you your name without fingerprints is um spelt exactly the same as someone we're looking for who's a terrorist wow. uh talk about vulnerability uh vulnerability where you know 2011 i lost all my money that time uh 19 i lost all my savings at that time money came back after 2011 money came back money comes back money goes money you know comes back money's money but many vulnerable times in my life um and 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 when you when you can can admit that either you're in control of some of those or none of those that's where you'll have life lessons <laughs> and there were some without naming any uh there were some vulnerable things that i found myself in that i've learned life lessons in mm. and thus um not doing um what i used to do that maybe at that point wasn't convicting um or maybe at that point didn't seem as at all um harmful um but when you're in the spotlight um and and i just don't want to stumble i don't want people to say oh look nick nick's just another guy that had this problem or that problem or did this or said that you know I want to be careful with every single moment of my life moving forward because I don't just hold my life as a life. I hold my family and then God's purpose, not the sense of purpose, but God's purpose for yeah. me uh, is to be that vocal, clean, righteous as best as I can. Uh, so help me God. A uh, person who never um, becomes somebody as a reason why they don't believe in him. Mm, I see that, man. What has being in those vulnerable moments taught you about trusting God? Oh, everything. It's it's th those are the vulnerable moments that are the best moments because that's when you know you can't do anything. Yeah, it's totally out of your hands. You don't know what's about to happen. You're like, thank you. Mm. I know you got this. I'm scared. My knees are shaking. My palms are sweaty. But I know you're here, and you've never let me down. Yeah. And eventually, um, things settle mm. and you move onward and upward. Never, never staying on the ground, getting back up and moving forward. I like to call it soaring, soaring like, like an eagle does. I like that. I like that. And when you're down and you're stuck, don't get stuck in the yuck. No, don't, don't get stuck forever. in the yuck. Get up, get up. He'll help you and, and he'll carry you. But don't get stuck in the yard. 
learn what you need to learn when you are on the ground, which is where all the lessons will come, glean from all of them, but then when it's time and you'll know when it's time, get back up and soar once more. Like I always say you get to soar higher than you did before because it's true because you've learned more than what you did. Um, A friend of mine actually sent me this, they call them hero bands, and it's got their trust in the Lord. And I honestly did not expect her to send this. She just sent it. And it was in the one of those times, Nick, when I needed it. <laughs> I, I just needed that reminder. And I just broke down in tears because that is that was exactly what I needed in that moment. Did not expect it, but I needed that that rebuke, that reminder of, hey, your life, Jay, is not your own. It's God's. And you need to learn that. Yes, you can go ahead. You can be impatient all the time, but trust in God because he'll never fail you. So, yeah, I thought I'd share that. Yeah. Um, Nick, two final questions for you, man, because I just noticed the time. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Um, Okay, this is um, one of my my all-time favorite questions. What do you love the most about yourself and your story? You know, there's a verse that uh, comes to mind um, where it says he uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And it doesn't make sense that he can take our broken pieces and do something beautiful with them. Or it doesn't make sense as well to use a man without arms and legs to be his hands and feet and ordain him as an evangelist, preaching the gospel to 733 million people, 21 presidents around the world. Um preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ, standing in front of the gates of hell and redirecting traffic. Um, none of it made sense in a, in, a, in a sense, but it was ordained and planned from the beginning of time. And it's not that it was God's plan uh, and best plan that I was born this way, mm-hmm. um, nor with human nature. Um, that's not his best. <laughs> um, but what the enemy tried to do so bad God can turn into good. Mm. And um, I think that's what shines the most. Um, And I'm reminded of how much he is merciful to me um, through my wife uh, and how much he loves me like I love my kids Mm. uh, and my wife. Mm. There's that that verse, I think it's in Corinthians, God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. Something like that. He's certainly done that with you, man. <laughs> He's given you everything that you need to change the world and it's in crazy. his name. So it's not crazy. It's divinely provident. I've been actually convicted, Jay, to not say, oh, it's crazy, oh, it's insane, you know, or just <laughs> awesome. It's it's divinely providential. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I agree with you. My final question for you, Nick, I asked this one to you at the end of our last conversation, but I want to ask you again, seeing if it might have changed, who knows, it probably might not have, but it's a hypothetical question. So imagine with me for a moment that you've been able to reach the age of 100. All your friends and your family have decided to put together a film for you of everything you've ever said and everything you've ever done. Don't ask me how they got it all. We'll call it magic for the sake of argument. But they've been able to get it and show it to you on your hundredth birthday. What do you want that film to say and to show about your life? 
Um, I would hope that as bold and confident as I come across that they believe I'm still humble. <laughs> um, and I gave God all the glory. Mm. And he was just simply one of the most spoiled kids of God who ever lived. And here's his family. And here are the opportunities. And these were the teams that were around him. These were people who prayed for him every day. These are financial supporters. These were this is mom, this is dad, this is friends. Um, and these, you know, special moments mm. of those around me. I, I would think that that would be the highlight for me. Mm. Love that, man. Where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about you, and what's next for you? Huh. I'm starting a TV talk show. <laughs> you are? Yeah, it's going to be big. That's amazing, man. I can't wait. Very, very big. Very, very big. Is it going to be bigger than your podcast? It's going to be bigger than bigger than big has ever been. Um, we have friends, Jay, that have encrypted ways to compress internet data. Wow. Which allows us to upload our TV talk show, not doing Netflix. I'm not doing blah, blah, blah. I'm doing my own website, our own network, translating 78 languages, including 19 dialects of sign language. Um, and from day go, we're praying that we get about 100,000 to 200,000 views per language from week one, which at 8 million uh, to 16 million views um, would triple the biggest talk show viewership in America's history. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. Man, I can't wait to see that happen. That is going to be good. We're recording August, so please pray for us. We're pretty excited. We'll keep you in my prayers, Nick. Thank you so much for coming on the Storybox podcast. Jay, let's talk again six months from now, okay? Why did you say happiness instead of joy like what's the the difference for you between happiness and joy is one more powerful than the other you think oh for sure well look i just don't know where your listeners are and how deep you want to go here let's go uh, you know, <laughs> look okay cool so look you know you've got also the difference between motivation and inspiration right motivation sometimes you're motivated to do something sometimes you're not motivated but what actually is the core inner strength and, and fountain that gets you going and the fire in your belly is is going back to what inspired you first to do what you're doing and that that is what we go back to when we get a punch in the gut and we go back to the fountain of, of, of initial inspiration as to why I why I'm doing what I'm doing and who I am no matter what you know it kind of looks like on the outside same mm -hmm. thing with happiness I, I think there's a lot of happy look i'm going to say three words you've got content by right? being content being happy with what you have yeah and then you've got the joy the pure joy and i feel like when you're depressed joy is unreachable mm. and and there's ways to get out of depression and and to have a recalibration of of going back to those basics that help you to have a chance to to tap into that again self-discovery of what actually brings me alive right you can be happy but you're not alive yeah. meaning you know you, you could be living 
Um, but if you don't know what you could die for, then you don't know what you live for kind of thing. You haven't found something to live for until you found something to die for. And so I'm not like hardcore, whatever fluff, but like mm. it's, it's understanding that those people with the drive, with the fire in their belly to go all the way, it's because it's more than just money, money, drug, sex, alcohol, fame, fortune, all that stuff, put your happiness in temporary things. Your happiness will be temporary. Mm. And so happiness itself can be temporary mm. but if you stay true to yourself there's so many things you could unpackage here but true joy is when i believe that you're really happy with where you're at you're true to yourself you're aware of everything around you and and you stick to the basics so that when you do become successful you don't get distracted and then get poisoned with pride or greed or lust uh, just some basics that really are big stumbling blocks for the average human being is this one of the take away your joy? <laughs> uh, exactly. And I totally agree with you on every every front there because I really believe that for myself and what I've noticed in my own life. And I'm curious, Nick, you talk to a lot of people about purpose and living up to your full potential. Is this one of the reasons why people actually struggle to realize that they are worth something? They they get stuck in the negative uh flows of life that come their way and they're not really happy. They're chasing just satisfaction, things that aren't going to really be fulfilling? Yeah, it's a really interesting question. Look, you know, when, when things are going wrong, um, then we wait for things to start going right before we're happy. But what if they don't ever become right again? Does that mean you're never going to be happy again? Or are you going to start seeing that, you know, obstacles are opportunities and what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Mm. Um, or maybe what your north, north on your compass shouldn't be your true north on your compass, right? Um, and so that's, that's kind of the layered conversation that, that people need to have with themselves as far as, you know, who do I think I am? Am I valued because of what college or university my children can go to because of how much money they got, uh, you know, with mommy and daddy paying for it or, you know, how smart my kids are or what car I drive or how many people recognize me or how many followers I have on social media, whatever it is. Um, I think, you know, when, when you look at, all the ways that human beings kind of try feel that void that all have we all want happiness but if you put your let's say happiness or joy um, or being content on on just the levels of what you have and what you think is going right you're not going to be happy for long mm. um, because most of life sucks mm. i mean you talk to anybody uh most of life does suck um, and, 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 and what you got to see though, is the joy through that in seeing that when you fail, that sucks, but failure is not a status. It's not something that now condemns you to a life without happiness. If you embrace failure as your classroom, mm. that's just one example in understanding that failure is the journey of life that must part of the journey of life that must be embraced before you do become successful and achieve what you feel that you needed to achieve or were born to achieve, if you will. Mm. How does faith or belief in something supernatural or spiritual play into that? Because I myself am a Christian. I believe in God uh, and I know that you are as well. So how does that all tie into it, into purpose? And, yeah, and absolutely. Belief? Absolutely great question. So look, it's understanding there are five elements of life. You have your faith, you have your family, you have your friends, you have your finance, and you have your fitness. Mm -hmm. And so for me, 
I don't think you can. To me, I'm not saying that there are people without a belief system that are not happy. Uh, but really, for me, let's just say, uh, I needed to believe that there was life after death. And I needed to believe that if I had a life previously, that I would remember something of it. Otherwise, it would be redundant to me. I have to believe that there's a designer and, and a creator because I've been around the world and I've met a lot of people and I've actually seen things that that science can't explain. I've actually seen blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, lame people walking, crooked backs come straight. I've met demons. Um, I've, I've seen the dark side. I've seen witchcraft. So I, mm. You can't convince me that God's not real. So for me, faith though, the design and creator of who I am, you know, you've got a soul, spirit, mind, and then a body. And that was the whole reframing of my perspective of my challenges because a lot of our challenges start with the physical, starts with the circumstantial. And then we process that in our mind. But what we process in our mind really de determines on our spirit and what we think of what we think and what we think of what people think and what we think we think other people are thinking when they may not be thinking of it at all. And so you got to understand that, that there is truth. There is truth that you are irreplaceable. There is truth that there is a purpose to your life. Um, I have many friends who have different religions. I, I love everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to ask Nick Vujicic, where does he get his strength from? It's knowing that I'm an eternal creation. Um, and I'm not more important than anybody else. I'm not less important than anybody else because the Holy Scripture says that. And there's a lot of love in the Scriptures um of of the of the bible it's not about condemnation and judging and you know blah 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 go to church and give and this and that it's you actually knowing god to me having a personal relationship with him has changed everything for me because the world didn't know i was born this way uh but i have to believe what god says he knows and he can he can take my broken piece and do something beautiful with it and when you don't get a miracle you can still be one and so for me faith is the most important part um, of my whole existence. Um, and if I'm not happy before I'm married, I'm not going to be happy when I get married. If you're getting married to be happy, you're not going to be married for long because marriage sometimes sucks, right? Um, <laughs> that's just how it is. And so you got to go back to that self-discovery, you know, what do you believe in? And I'll, you know, if you want me to know, you know, what you believe in, that's wonderful. If you want you know, to ask me why I don't believe something that you believe, well, that's a different conversation. But mm -hmm. I, for me, Jay, faith is a, a very pinnacle pillar, uh, the first and the last of Nick's mm -hmm. existence and who he is and why he does what he does. I could go down many different avenues with that, with that answer. <laughs> but one that I do want to go down is, is actually two questions. The first is when someone comes up to you and says, Nick, says to you, Nick, I don't believe in God. I don't believe that he exists. I don't, I don't want to believe it. What would you say to them in that instance? And then my second question uh, is for you personally, how has God shown up in a big way for you that you least expected him to? Look, number one. <laughs> Um, whether you believe something exists or not, if, if it exists, your belief in that existence doesn't change its, its, its existence. <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, that's just the bottom line, right? Um, and, and um, it doesn't change 
the existence of something. Uh, same thing that Christians actually uh, falsify in their own minds sometimes. If you just believe it exists and it's going to happen, I think a lot of people have twisted and turned um, a lot of the truth there. And um, I think got a little bit blinded by some of that, that theology where many people said, well, look, just believe that God can give you arms and legs and it's going to happen. Uh, nowhere in scripture does it promise me that my dad's going to be cured of cancer or that I'm going to get arms and legs. Do I have a pair of shoes in my closet just in case he says yes? Absolutely. Did we pray for my dad to have healing of cancer? Absolutely. Do I still have no limbs? Correct. Did my dad die of cancer? Correct. If my dad didn't die of cancer, would he have died of something else? Correct. So we must have faith, but open-handedness all the way through. For me, Jay, the way that he unexpectedly revealed himself was when I was reading the Bible. And it was John chapter 9. And a man was born blind and no one knew why. And it was done so that the works of God would be revealed through him. And that's what Jesus said. And what was really cool is that Jesus didn't say to the blind man, hey, my name's JC, Mr. Blind Man. I'm going to give you a facial. And then when we're done, you're going to see. He didn't give him the plan. So here I am. I'm upset, um, depressed, suicidal at age 10 waiting to know why would a loving God allow me to, to have this or, or not have arms and legs? Why me? Um, and to say that, okay, God, if you give me arms and legs, great. If you don't give me arms and legs, great. Why? Because more than a body that gets healed, I need my soul restored, my spirit filled and my mind renewed. And so um, I realized, God, you don't need to give me what I thought you needed to give me meaning the blueprint. What's the plan? What's the plan? If you give me the plan, then I'll trust you. Uh, if he gives me the plan, then you don't need faith if you know the plan. And so that's the pinnacle of our relationship with an unseen God, where we seek him, we seek his will, we read the book, we live our, our life from day to day as best as we can to honor him, to look for him, to serve him, to have a conversation with him, many conversations with him during the day, not just praying for food, bless the food, blah, blah, blah. It's not, that's not the friendship with God. Uh, if you only text him when you need him, that's not a friendship with God either. Um, and so with that friendship of God, you have that trust. And so um, I said, God, if you heal me like you heal the blind man, awesome. If you don't heal me, just at least use me and uh, use my pain. And the Bible says that we don't go through any pain in vain, that his grace is sufficient, that he'll cause all things to come together for the good for those who love him, who've been called according to his purposes. And so God's going to force himself on you. He'll knock on your door, uh, but you got to open it and you got to answer the call. You know, you got to pick up that phone when you know that phone's ringing and you know it's him. Yeah, look, you're going to have real faith. It's not about how much faith you have. It's authentic faith in the most high God, the one who could do all things. So I have faith that he can change the circumstance, but I also have faith that if he doesn't change circumstance, he's definitely still got a plan. And it's and and and, and we may not understand it, but we got to trust in his faithfulness. Um, so as we get faith, not by mustering it up ourselves or us having an entitlement of faith um, as much as reading God's word. And when we read the Bible, it's black and white. It says, my people hear my word, right? Um, and that's how, how he gives us the gift of faith by the hearing of the word. Mm. What is reminding me? ourselves that despite what we see, despite what we feel, 
despite all the circumstances. You don't tell God how big your problem is. You tell your problem how big your God is. <laughs> and he will change the circumstance when he wants, how he wants it, not in your time, not in your way. And even if he doesn't, he's still God. Mm. Amen. Is there something that you would love to understand right now and ask the question or, or is there more or less like something that you personally don't understand in your life right now that you would love to ask the question to God to reveal to you? No. Mm. No, he's been so faithful to me. And it doesn't mean that I haven't gone through depression. It hasn't doesn't mean that I haven't gone through anxiety. It doesn't mean that I've gone through panic attacks, um, a bit of it in 2020. But never have I questioned or have a question to God. Um, I honestly mean that. Um, I, I, I've just seen his faithfulness again and again and again and again. And he's never let me down and never will he. Um, and at his own way and uh, according to his perfect will, he'll tell me what things, if I'm searching for something, um, you know, I'll, I'll be looking for that answer. And keep pursuing maybe something that you're looking for or an answer to, but don't forget to go to the word in that search. Mm -hmm. um, for me, Jay, 2020 was so difficult. I also need to go through professional counseling. And um, it's one of the things that I've always told people that they should do um, and helping me unpackage the last 20 years of my life uh, that I really haven't being able to talk to anybody about or even be aware of the difficulties therein. And so um, I think I think one of the most devalued gifts that God's given us is the ability to talk to one another and encourage each other, but also get some professional Christian counseling when we do need um, when we do need some help. Mm. Why was 2020 specifically such a challenging year for you? Well, where do I begin? <laughs> I mean, um, I had a former employee falsely accuse me of firing him for being gay, uh, published it in a gay magazine. Um, I had a Ukrainian guy threaten to sue me in American courts for defamation, which was totally false. Um, I found a grenade at my house. I had drones uh, spying on me. A major American bank kicked me out. My motivational company tanked. Um, I mean, that's five or six that normally people would never have, you know, within a lifetime. And that'll happen within 12 months. Um, you know, so it, that's just, that's about 30% of it. Unbelievable. So walk me, walk me through your your mindset going through all that like what was it just the counseling that helped you get through all that or what was what, what else helped you get through i asked people to pray for me um i would put some music on that was spiritual that helped me um i would just need some time with my wife sometimes time alone um i um uh, before counseling even, I actually didn't start counseling until I actually felt like I could breathe after 2020 was done. Um, and um, for me, 
It was um, faith and family and friends. I would call a friend every second week um, and alternate. So I'd be on a, on a, on a phone with a friend, uh, seeing how they're doing and they're, you know, checking in on me. Um, I would be reflecting on the bad days that have happened. And it got so bad, Jay, that I would remember them and think, wow, that was bad, but it could have been even worse. Like, that's how bad it got. Like, normally I'm the motivational speaker. Be thankful for what you have and what's going on. That's good. Um, but actually, it was so bad that I had to think of, oh, my gosh, thank you, Lord, that it wasn't any worse than it was. And it could have been worse. And remembering back, like, all the other mountains that he gave me the ability to climb and the impossibilities, yet this seems even more overwhelming, but he's still the same God. And so mm. reflecting on that, um, I had to process my emotions, um, not bottle them, not ignore them, but deal with them. Um, I had to have that attitude of gratitude. Um, I had to see that even in these obstacles, that this was going to be an opportunity, that resilience is built only with resistance. So you can't be allergic to negative things in life, whether you think you like it or not, negative things are coming to crap will hit the fan, whether you're good or not. Um, and so, you know, who are you? It really stresses you and stretches you to the max where you realize, wait a second, is my hope solid or is it not? Um, and, and, and I never questioned my faith or my spirituality in God and his faithfulness. But let me tell you, we, we go through those times where we are being ruthlessly refined. Um, now I'm on the other side of it, dude. I've never been stronger. I feel like literally, literally with what I've been through, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to do whatever. And what's really cool is with everything stopping, it's not like chance or coincidence. And so it forced me to stop some things that enabled me to start some things. So you've been able to, to shift a lot over the years I've noticed, which is pretty exciting for you, for the people watching you, and I don't think, did anyone in your community, did everyone sort of know what was going on during that period of time? No, they knew that, you know, I went silent for about four or five months, but yeah. then, you know, people started, a couple of people said to people, hey, look, you know, pray for Nick. This is pretty, pretty crazy. He can't even get a book deal, bro. I couldn't even get a book deal. I sold 3 million books, couldn't get a book deal. And it's like, what is going on? And so uh, it's been rough, but we know that, um, you know, it could have been worse. You know, I had to furlough someone very close to me. Um, and in furloughing people, it's very difficult. But, you know, we haven't lost the friendship. Um, and that's the most important part. And, you know, if it's meant to be, if it comes back and swings back, I'll tell you right now, I've actually quit motivational speaking internationally. I'm already, I was the highest paid under 40 year old speaker in the world. And I'm getting, I'm being asked double. And I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm staying at home. I've got an eight year old, five year old, twin three year olds, just bought a ranch. We're here in Texas. We're going to do what we can from here. We're going to do what we can on the internet. And, you know, if I'm traveling, I'm going to go with my family. Um, and that's about it, dude. Like it's, it's, it's going back to what matters most. And money is not my God. Mm -hmm. I've lost it before. Uh, money comes and goes. Money's nothing. Uh, it's you being true to yourself and pursuing those things that, you know, keep you alive and get you alive. And sometimes you have to have a mundane job for a plan, you know, uh, B, 
until the plan A comes. Just the plan A sometimes comes later, if you know what I mean. Normally people say plan A, plan B. No, you have a plan A, just plan B needs to be first implemented, if that makes sense in entrepreneurship. It does. And you, you speak quite highly about your family and, and you really, really love your family. During this time, uh, I'm curious, what did you, what was the biggest lesson that your wife taught you? She's seen me through a lot before mm. and she just lets me have my time. We just, we just need to give daddy time mm. and love and, and attention. Um, and just as much as we don't understand, we give him understanding. Mm. Um, 2020 included me moving from Cali to Texas and not having one caregiver come out here. I mean, like that's a huge transition. Like it was the raw reality again that, oh my God, I have no arms, no legs and I can hardly do anything on my own. Mm. And then looking for people like I got 14 million social media fans. I can't find one caregiver. Like what the heck? <laughs> so, um, you know, we got a brand and people say, oh, I'd love to work with you. And then when we move out to Dallas, like no one's going to find it. It was like, cool. So it's just waiting for the right things to come. And in the meantime, not letting, um, not letting your peace be stolen. Mm. Because when you have peace and you have confidence and you have rest and you have sleep, and uh, um, you go through ups and downs. You have this, you have that, but you keep on going on, man. And, and eventually things calm down. Australia, I haven't forgotten about you. Give me a couple more years. I'll do a massive tour and um, we will reconnect and bring my whole family and see all of you beautiful people. Jay, I don't even know how you get to this point, but thank you for doing what you're doing and making the world a better place. I really don't like this part because it means that sadly we have come to an end of yet another story. I just want to say thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to our guests today. It is my prayer that you would have felt inspired, motivated, challenged in some way, and that you would have learned something new as well. If you would like to hear more amazing stories like this one, you can do so now by searching up the story box on all podcast platforms. It is that easy. And if you did get something from today's guest, please do share it around with your friend or family member who you feel could benefit from hearing today's story. And before you go, I greatly appreciate it if you could spend 30 seconds leaving a rating review over on Apple Podcasts. It goes a long way to reaching more people and building this community of the Storybox. Let's start changing lives through powerful stories like this one you heard today. Your support is always greatly appreciated. Until next time, when we dive back into the story box, I'm Jay Phantom, and don't forget, your story is worth more than you know. I'll catch you then. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.